0: So whenever you see the word overcome, you naturally would think, well, this is talking about you as an individual must work and overcome, or you could be in danger of the second death. But since this is found in the book of Revelation, and later on in the book of Revelation, it tells us what he is talking about, the second death is those that will be cast into the lake of fire. True? So the Christian has really got to be careful and make sure that their overcomers Because if you don't overcome, you're going to be in danger of going to the second death. Is that right? I can't make a case on that. Y'all ain't no fun at all. In Braille? (laughs) I'm sorry, but I don't have a book of Braille. You know, in the library, we have a whole Bible on Braille. But anyway, what I want you to look at is this. In spite of what they were going through. Schmirna means it was like a flower that's going to be crushed. And this magnificent aroma, the smell that comes up that God loves. He's talking about his children here going through some great trials and tribulations. And he says, some of you are going to die. You're going to be martyred. He said, but be you faithful even unto death. In other words, evidently, God's not going to save everybody from dying. They're going to die. God's not going to save everybody from dying. What if he did? We'd never get to heaven in this whole world, wouldn't it be? There's nothing but old folks here. And we're one of them. <laughs> I told Betty one day we were walking past the window, and you could see it in the window. I said, look at that old couple. <laughs> it was us. <laughs> eh yeah, me. you know, have you ever been to um, Cracker Barrel? Set in one of those rocking chairs? I walked by the other day, and this lady was sitting there. I said, no, ma'am, ma'am, you know you're old when you're sitting in a rocking chair and you can't get it going. I said, but I can see you got it going. She laughed. I laughed. Got out of there quickly. Her husband was coming. (laughs) But now notice, at the end of these, it seemed like it's something for every believer to remember. You see, every believer is an overcomer. We have believed on Christ, and His victory is given to us. So you look there in chapter 2, in verse 1, he writes to the church at Ephesus, but when he writes to the church there at Ephesus, he tells them some things about what they're doing that is so wonderful and so good. And he brags on them. Uh, but he says, i got something against you. He says, nevertheless, in verse 4, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And to remember something, and one of the things that he wants them to remember is when he says down there in verse 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So every believer was to know what he said to all seven churches. But each one of these churches, as an individual church, uh, there were things God would do if they didn't, as a body of believers, obey him. And he could turn out their lights. Do you know that a lot of lights have been taken out? Uh, Those churches, they're not existing today. And... uh, it happens all over. The great Florida Bible College existed. Well, it, it's not, the light's not shining there anymore. So we try to keep going and doing things. But what I want you to see is when he says to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. It's like at the end of every one of these because this is the security of I believe of every believer. All believers are going to eat of the tree of life. Look what I've done for you. I did what I did for you because I love you. And I want you to remember, I know that you've left your first love. I want you to remember, I did what I did because I loved you. Therefore, I want you to do this. But it is a security at the end. That I believe he taxed on. And when he says there in verse 11, even though there's some that are going to be martyred, you're going to die and to be faithful even unto death. But remember this, in verse 11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. That is the guarantee. None of God's children will ever have to worry about the second death. We will have to face the first one, but we'll never have to worry about the second one. Can you see that? I can see that. And I'm not going to have to worry because, you know, well, if I don't endure, then I'm going to, I have a possibility I could still go into the Like No, that's not it. You are an overcomer because you have believed on Christ. You see, God used John to write the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. And you'll find a lot of camaraderie between these books. Because they explain each other. And I love it. Look what he says here in another portion of Scripture. It makes a statement in verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, and you could just say, to every believer will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone and a, a new name written, which no man knoweth, save him he that receiveth. I believe that God's going to have a special name just for me. And God's going to have a special name just for you. Now later on, he says, and I'm going to tell you my name. It's like it's another name. Maybe we've never really said his name correctly. I don't know. But notice what he says. I'm going to give you something. Every one of God's children you're going to get to eat of the tree of life. Every one of God's children, this is a guarantee, you'll never have to worry about the second death. That's where, when you die and go to a place called hell. You'll never have to worry about that. Later on, he tells you what that place is, and you and I already know we can't go there. So it cannot be based upon my enduring or doing or overcoming something else in my life. No, everyone who trusts Christ as Savior is an overcomer. His victory is put to your account as though you were victorious, but you didn't do it. He did. And even though in this life we may suffer many things and lots of trials and tribulations and even unto death, he says, I'm not, not necessarily going to save you from the first death, but I will make sure you don't have to worry about the second. We're not hanging over hell by a thread that I've got to really keep, and I man, I better watch my P's and Q's and the rest of the alphabet. I don't have to ever worry about that. I have got a guarantee. And even though he talks to every one of these churches, he gives us a guarantee. Uh, you look over there in chapter 3 and look down here in this here verse 5 where he says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his throne. See, this is not for reward. This is because I am his child, We have this seal, we have this confidence. The Father knoweth them that are His. He is not ashamed to call us His brethren, as it says in Hebrews in chapter 2. God loves us, and the guarantee He gives to us I will not blot your name out of the book of life, I will not let you have to worry about the second death. I don't ever have to worry about that. He cannot and will not blot my name out of the book of life. It's assurance that you can rest. Even though we fail and we don't do all the things that we're supposed to do in spite of all of that, you have the confidence. Every one of God's children, verse 4, shall walk in white because we are looked upon as worthy because we are in Christ. He gave us this we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This is what he did for us. He said, now, because of this, this is what I want you to do. Would you do this for me? Would you, be, would you do this for me? You see, I maybe look at it a little bit different from some people, but this is how I see these scriptures. I, I want you to see this other one here. In the same portion of scripture, look what he says there in uh, verse 12 of chapter Three, he says, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Now, when you read the book of Galatians in chapter 2 and verse 9, it talks about certain pillars. But also in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, where it says that we, believers, are built up a spiritual house into which is a temple for God to dwell in. I believe there's something there, but I also have something else I believe. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down from heaven. Now, you say, well, what is what does maybe all that mean? Well, let me give you my understanding. You see, he's talking here about the new city, the Holy Jerusalem, but once you hold your place right here and look over there in the book of Revelation and look there in chapter 21. Look in chapter 21. When he makes the statement, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And then he says, Let me show you who it is. So you look over there in verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. Talk with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is where we live. This is where the church lives. This is for the bride. I believe this holy city is for us. He promised Israel the earth, and they will rule. I believe the bride is going to have a mansion that you can't believe. I mean, wouldn't you do that for your wife if you could? I mean, if you could, you would, right, Dan? I mean, you would do it. Sure. She, you not see that? <laughs> so I believe that the Scripture here talking about this holy city, New Now, Later on, see from chapter 2, he explains what he's talking about, about this holy city. Now go back here to Revelation in chapter 3. And notice what he says here again in verse 12 Him that overcometh, I believe all believers are overcomers. I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall, and you'll find that mentioned also, I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and blah, 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 blah. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 21. And you notice he says here, Go no more out. You see, that's the holy city. That's where we will be. And no sin can enter into this place forever and ever and ever. And so he says here, Which is the new Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. See, in one, we're going to get a new name. And here, his new name. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know what mine's going to be. I hope it's Yankee something, you know. You know, after 73 years, I've kind of grown accustomed to my nickname. Don't you have a name you like? Do you like your name? You mad at your parents still? I don't know. Now, I want you to look at the next one. Look there in verse 20 of chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now this is when he's talking to the church at Laodicea. And he makes this statement, If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and save him. So he won't go to hell. No, that's not what this is talking about. This is already talking to believers. This is not, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But the latch is on the inside and I can't get in. If you will undo the latch, I will come in. And save you. No, that's, that's not what the scripture is talking about. This is not to the lost man on how to get saved. This is to the Christian. And I believe he's talking about fellowship. John spoke a lot about that in the book of 1 John. But notice what he says here. I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Now he says some of you are hot. Some of you are cold. He's, a lot of you are lukewarm. In other words you make me sick. Make me sick. I going to spew you out of my mouth. Now that's just how God looks at our lives. Saved as saved can ever be. You can't get any more saved than you are as far as your eternal destination. But as far as a believer in the Lord, we may not be living the way God wants us to. So he says, you say this and I'm saying this. Notice what he says there in verse 17. Because thou sayest. You can say a lot of things. That doesn't make it true. I am rich and increased with goods. Have need of nothing Knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? Now, you think, now, Lord, that ain't no way to talk about your children. But these are his children. These are saved individuals. You see, this is a letter to the church, believers in Christ. Those who have been given a victory. You and I are supposed to live according to the victory God's given to us. Live like you have won the battle. Live like you have won haven't you read the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation? We win. Live like it. Talk like it. Think like it. God isn't dead. You know what I don't like? This Christian just always down and disgusted and despised and depressed. and Just not like to live. And just everything's falling apart. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, shut up. God isn't dead. Look what he says. He says in verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with thyself, that thou mayest see as many as I hate. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. That's the same thing you read in the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. God chastens His children, and because of this, they're going to be chastened, not lost, but He gives us this assurance. Now this is the only place that I find that this is mentioned when he says here in verse 21, "And him to him that overcometh all believers will grant to sit with me in my throne, which is, means that we're going to be in His kingdom with Him, all believers." And then he says this, sit with me, sit with me. You see, the verse before, he says, I want to come in and sit with you and sup with you. But this is going to be an eternal fellowship. Right now in your Christian life, you may not have the fellowship between you and the Lord that you ought to have. True? You probably could improve it just a little bit. But your relationship with the Lord is based upon your birth into his family. That's a once and for all deal. That's nothing you ever have to work on. Your fellowship with the Lord, yes. And so there's one that I missed. Do you know which one I missed? There's all of these churches. I missed one of them. I missed one of these churches. You didn't even think of that. You didn't even notice that. The church at Thyatira, I never commented about that. So we're going to go back and look at it. See there in the church at Thyatira, which is mentioned in verse 18 of chapter 2. You go down through here and he says, I know your work. I know what you've done. And I know about this old Jezebel that's there and luring y'all and you're just messing up your testimony and it's a shame and a disgrace. But he says, I got some good news for you. Even though you are an overcomer, you're a believer in me, you'll have victory because of what I did. That never can be touched. Remember, anything that was given to us by Christ because of his work for us cannot be undone. Nothing can never change that. Your security in Christ, your position in Christ can never be touched. That is eternal. That is secure. But notice what he says down here in verse 25. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end to him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. See, this in here has a little bit more to it than just the overcomers. Something was added to it. It doesn't mean something was added to salvation, but this is something that was added to those who are believers in the Lord. You are an overcoming. You are a believer in Christ. That's settled. But for those individuals who will serve him as God wants you to, he's not referring to now you get the, the stone or you get the new name or you get to eat in the paradise. and you, No, no, no. It didn't have none of those things. It's talking about you're ruling and reigning with him and not just that you'll be in the kingdom, but you will have Power over certain cities and so forth, based upon. I believe all of God's people will be in the kingdom. I don't believe that God is going to rip His church apart. He's not going to rip an arm off His bride. I love you, honey, but the arm's got to go. It's not going to be a rupture. It's going to be the rapture, and all believers in Christ. If the rapture took place today, are going to be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. Ready or not, here I come, and you're gone. So God will not leave any of his bride here. And then he's not going to have part of his bride in the kingdom and part of his bride someplace else. He says, comfort one another with these words. Because it says, and we will be with him forever. Forever, Wherever he is, we will be with the Lord. That where I am, ye may be also. So I don't allow a lot of kingdom theology stuff to mutilate the scriptures, which I despise when they do that. But now notice, In verse 26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end to him will I give power over the nations. This is something else. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter, which shall be broken to shivers and so on, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. Now, have you ever read in the book of um, Revelation chapter 12, verse 3? And they that turn many to righteousness as the, in Daniel, yeah. What did I say? Revelation? Revelation? I didn't say revelation. I was just testing you. But in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 3, and he says, shine as the brightness of the firmament. So all of God's children, because once you are righteous, you are righteous in Christ. So there will be some glory that you will have just by mere fact you are in him. Now, what you do for the Lord and all the rest of it, there's crowns that God talks about, rewards that God talks about, and there's position of service God talks about. But see, your salvation is rock solid. It is secure. There's other things after that, yes, But there's nothing that can ever affect. We're not just barely saved. I'm just barely saved, just hanging in there. I'm not hanging in nothing. He's got me safe and secure. It's a done deal. Locked, keys sealed. Can't be undone. So when you read the book of Revelation, chapter 2, chapter 3, just understand, you are secure in the Lord. You are an overcomer because Christ overcame. We are more than conquerors through Him. There's a song about that. I remember uh, Kathy Widgren singing that song in Colorado. She would always sing. That was her favorite song. Bob, do you remember her? She would always sing that song. I haven't heard that song since. But we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And that's how secure you are. And because of what Christ has done for us, He said, look, serve me, serve me, and I, I know you've left your first love, it doesn't stop him from loving you, and understand that whenever you disobey him, you're going to have to chasten and discipline you, and that's what he promised, the last church that he talked about, the church of Laodicea, these are some good things to always remember, but remember, it's like saying, if we're going to have eternal fellowship, why not start now? I remember Dr. Curtis Hudson says, Lord, someday I'm going to be with you and enjoy you and learn from you. and on. Lord, help me to learn some of that now. I don't want to wait that long. Like I can't stand it. Don't, don't make me wait so long. Some people just fall in love with the Lord and just want to walk with Him all the days of their life. This end represents you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us. He loves us. He hates what we do wrong. He hates our sin, but He loves us. doesn't matter who you are or what you've ever done. But He says, to pay for sin is eternal separation from God, and we're all guilty. But God says, He wants us to go to heaven. So He says, there's a place called a new heavens and a new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. And that's where He wants us to go. He wants us to be there. But He gives us a choice. You see, You and I have to pay for sin, which is eternal separation from God. We cannot earn eternal life. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh, came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. So He took our sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said if we would believe He did it for us, He would give us as a free gift everlasting life. And we would go to heaven on what he did for us. He didn't almost not make it. He just barely paid for all of our sins. And he just barely got through all that temptation. And he just barely got out of the grave. He almost didn't make it. No, he didn't. Everything he did was totally victorious. He rose from the dead, sent it into heaven, and said if we would believe he did it for us, he would put that payment, to our account, and we would have the victory over sin and over the grave, over death, because of Him. We are in Him. Thanks be unto God for this victory that we have in Christ. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed nice clothes and no one looking around. If you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, why not I write now in the quietness of this moment say, yes, I will believe on Christ. I'm going to trust him as my Savior. Friend, God said if you would trust him, he would save you and give you eternal life. Never cast you out. Never lose you. You are safe and secure in him. Would you trust him? If you're trusting him right now for the first time, you've never done it before, but you say, yes, that made sense to me. Right now, I will trust Christ as my Savior and preach. I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip in hand up very quickly and it right back down? Is there anyone at all? You that are watching by internet, right on the screen, that says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior, if you will. Let us know. We won't know who you are, but we'll know someone trusts the Lord. But make sure it's because you really are trusting Christ for the first time. Never done it before. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Help us to realize how important it is to know how secure we are in you, that we have overcome, that we are victorious. Because you were, and we are in him. We're in him that loved us, saved us, and gave us eternal life. Father, we pray that we'll be found faithful doing the things that we should, because this security should be so important to every one of us. We know you'll never cast us out and never lose us. We know that you'll never let us suffer the consequences of a second death. But, Father, we can be victorious in our Christian life because you've given to us, each one of us, the indwelling Holy Spirit. We just pray, Lord, that we would yield to you and your will. Help us to know your word and to be found faithful. Bless each one here tonight in Christ's name. Amen.